read the word today, and I have, this word is like burning in my soul. And so if you don't typically take notes, I'm going to ask you to just take notes. They're really short. I only have three points. I got a couple scriptures, and they're also going to be on the app. So if you haven't downloaded the app, do that. Um, but I want to read this scripture to you, Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. I think they got it on the screen, or they'll put it on the screen. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. Let me know when you're there. Okay. Nobody is there? You got to say, you got to say, go ahead. Okay, there, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. You know how Jenny said, she goes, um, my love language is when you amen me. My love language is when you laugh at my jokes, okay? I'm going to need you to laugh. Indiana, I want to hear you. You know what I mean? Online, put your cry face emoji. Like, I want to hear it. <laughs> Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the word that is going to be deposited into this house today. God, I pray that you would use me in my imperfection to disciple us into the next level today. God, I just open up my heart. Do it in me, Lord. Do it in me. And I pray that we would just commit in our heart that we would be the work of the potter. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I said that with like an accent. Amen. You got to laugh, okay? Thank you. Front row, you're my people. All right, so have you guys ever prayed the prayer, mold me, Lord, make me God? Anybody prayed that prayer? Are you saying the song, mold me? You're like, Jenny ain't the only one. I'm going to sing today. No, I'm teasing. I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to. I won't humor you. But mold me, make me. It sounds so good, right? So spiritual. Mold me, God. Make me, God. It sounds so good, but the work of pottery, I don't know if we have any artists in the room or if you've ever done pottery. It is no joke. I mean, this is not like the painting store where you pick out an already made ceramic and, you know, you paint it. Do you know what I'm talking about? My husband made, or my daughter made my husband spend like $50 on one of those. It's really cute, but come on. Okay. Anyways. All right. All right. I digress. So the process of pottery is no joke. So who is Jeremiah. You're like, Jules, I'm new to this church. I'm a new believer. Uh, this is in the Old Testament, okay? So this is a long time ago. And Jeremiah was a prophet and a messenger of God in the Old Testament. And so why was he in the potter's house? What brought him to that point? It's because God told him that he had a word for the nation that he was a part of and for a word for the people for that time, okay? Um, and so what happens is, is he goes there, and he receives this word, and he watches this potter as he makes clay. And he's listening to the voice of God, and he's watching this potter, and he sees that as the clay is uh, coming apart, it can, be, it can be dampened and reworked. How many know there is grace in second chances? Amen? How many are a second chance kind of person? Okay, hey, I've been there. So, but this, here's the thing. You can only make something beautiful 
when you allow the clay to be manipulated and go through the steps in the process. Do you know where I'm going with this today? Okay, you're going to amen me, right? And Deanna, I need to hear you. So here's the thing. When the clay obeys, when the clay moves when it asks, when they're asked, when the clay allows the potter to decide how it should be molded, it becomes a greater vessel. It becomes a vessel of usage, a vessel of art, a vessel of beauty. And so it just becomes something that it would never have been on its own. So we are not meant to understand everything. We're not meant to understand everything. He knows the plan for you. He knows the purpose for you. And he has the right to ask you and not tell you. Good night. (laughs) He has the right to ask you and not show you. He has the right to ask you and not give you all the details. And when you allow him to, to shape you and to mold you, we become obedient. And then the goodness of God is shown through us. Are you hearing me today? We are in a world right now that demands the why to everything. How come, Lord? How long, Lord? We're in an age where people are deconstructing their faith on YouTube and TikTok. And let me tell you, if you're going to ask a bunch of questions, you better read a book. Do not be changing your whole life's belief systems off a snippet that you saw somebody do in their mama's basement. That one was free. That was only for your service. No, just. But we have to understand everything and people right now are demanding why and they're changing scripture to explain why and they're manipulating God's word to try to understand why and so when when God asks us of things in his word or he asks us of things in in maybe a prophetic way what happens is we have he'll say something like go preach the gospel but why go to church but why Go give your tithe and offering. Why? Go tell that person about Jesus. Why? But my admonishment to you today as your pastor is to stop asking as many whys and start saying more yeses. Less why, more yes. Let's say that together. Less why, more yes. A few years ago, I just stopped asking God why, because I had a lot of trauma. You know, I just had a lot of things going on that did not have an explanation, two miscarriages, failed marriage, uh, crisis after crisis, financial stuff, ministry failure. I mean, you name it, gossip, backstabbing, all of the things, okay? I've, I've, we've had it all. And so a few years ago, I just, I just told the Lord, like, I'm done. Like, I'm not asking why anymore. Because every time I waited to feel led, L-E-D, led, okay? Every time I waited to feel led, L-E-A-D, whatever. We're just going to keep going. (laughs) That one was free. (laughs) Cut it out the tape. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Every time I was waiting to feel led, 
I was resisting the potter's workmanship in my life. I was delaying his ability to do something, mold something, get something beautiful out of my life. And so one day I was sitting with a friend, this was in college, and, and we were having, I was talking about, probably gossiping, if I'm being really honest, okay? Probably gossiping. And I was telling this, this person in college about this crucial conversation I had, had to have. And um, I said, you know, I just don't feel led. And she stopped. You, get you some girls who will tell you the truth, by the way. And she said, you don't have to feel led. It's biblical. You don't have to feel led when it's biblical. We're raising up a generation who's elevating goosebumps over the Holy Spirit leading through his divine word. There's nothing more important than what God says, and you don't have to feel led to be obedient. So if you're asking why all the time, you're putting your feelings on the throne room and not Jesus. His scripture, his word, his will, he is on the throne. We got to stay on the wheel. I want you to say that. Turn to your friends, say stay on the wheel. Turn to the one you ignored, stay on the wheel. Indiana, say it with me. Stay on the wheel, okay? So I got, I got a scripture for you, and then I'm going to give you three points if you're taking notes. James 1.22, do not just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. If you want King James, saith. Do what it saith. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it said. But there's three ways that you can stay on the wheel this morning. How do you stay on the potter's wheel? Stop, step number one, stop waiting for why. I love the story of Abraham. He did not wait for why. God said, hey, I'm going to show you something. And he packed up his whole family, thousands of miles, all his stuff, all his kids. And he went for something God said he was going to show him, not give him. You don't have to know the why all the time. The more my kids ask why, the less I want to tell them. I'm just kidding. I don't know if God operates like that. But for real, though, if you're a kid in here, stop asking why, okay? That, that, that's my Mother's Day gift to you, moms. You're welcome. I didn't have a why when God kept saying, stay in your marriage, don't give up. I had every reason, biblically and otherwise, to walk out that door for him to never see me again and peace out, start over, goodbye. I didn't have a why. To this day, I don't know why, but I know that God was faithful to my obedience to say yes. Stop waiting for why. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all, say all, your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on the why. Lean not on what your friend says. Lean not on your therapist. Lean not on the medication. Lean not on what TikTok says. Lean not on what YouTube says. Lean not on your own understanding. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in Christian therapy. I participate in it. We scholarship people. We send people there. I am all about that. But the gospel is more than that. 
The why will help you heal. The yes will set you free. And you could tweet that. If God said it, I have to obey it. Let me finish reading that scripture. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit. I know we hate that word. It's another conference. Submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You don't need the why to get the path figured out. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. We need a generation that says, I will fear the Lord and I will not participate in evil. I will not participate in gossip. I will not participate in deconstruction. I will not participate in forsaking the gospel. I will not participate in weaponizing the Bible. If God said it, I have to obey it. Let me finish reading. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I believe we will even see a wave of healing as we are immediately obedient. My why, my why can be a barrier to souls. I remember when my husband and I were launching ministry and I would have opinions, right, girl? I got opinions. Good ones. But I always want to know the why. I had to sacrifice it because what the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day is he said, You needing to know why your husband wants to do what he does with the church is preventing souls. Let it go. Let it go. Your why can be a barrier to freedom to someone else. Stay on the wheel. Say it. All right, number two. So the first one, stop asking why. Second one, start saying yes. Some of y'all need a yes spirit. Some of y'all got a no spirit. Will you minister? No. Can you help us with this? No. Can you read the word? No. We need a yes. I want this church to be yes people, not toxic yes, not yes to everything. I'm not talking about showing up to events. I'm talking about showing up to God's throne room in the morning. I'm talking about showing up in your marriage as a godly wife and as a godly husband. I'm talking about showing up in your relationships and shutting down gossip. That's the kind of showing up I'm talking about. Start saying yes. God's word always lines up with God's voice. God will not give you a prophetic word that does not line up with the Bible. God will not bring you someone else's spouse. God will not cause you to bring chaos. Okay, I'll say it again. New York was like, yes. But God told me, no, he didn't. He doesn't contradict his word. No, he didn't. God will not bring you to cause chaos into someone else's life. No, you don't need an explanation. No, you don't need to go back to the vomit. No, you don't need closure. Let God work it out. God will not lead you into gossip. I just need to vent about it. Get a therapist. I'm just kidding. 
So what happens when you say, yes, Jules, there's so much fear if I start sharing my faith. There's so much fear if I start wanting to pray with my spouse. There's so much fear. Okay, okay, I'm just going to tell you. The Holy Spirit will grace you with the boldness for the yes. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom, business owners, for the yes. I didn't pass math. I didn't go to college. It doesn't matter. Did he tell you to do it? Does it line up with his word? He'll give you the wisdom. The Holy Spirit will give you the finances for the yes. Your word says to tithe, Lord, but I'm doing the the math and it's not working out. I'm telling you, be faithful to God's word and let his provision take care of the yes. When you are in agreement with God, it brings the favor of heaven to earth. Some of you are waiting for an open heaven experience and worship, and God is trying to get you one in the obedience to his word in the dark when nobody's looking. He'll provide for the yes. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Man, y'all knew that scripture in the second row. I know my people over here. Ben, you can come on up. So we stop asking why, number one. We start saying yes. Here's your third point. Are you guys ready? Start praising. How do you stay on the potter's wheel? You learn how to praise in a crisis. Let me just tell you about pottery for just a second. And by the way, I do not want to raise up a whole church that is constantly questioning God's word. Now, I like questions, okay? I want you to understand me. We have V1 College. We go in deep. Pastor Eddie will take all your hits. Don't ask me. I am not available after service. I want to hug you. I want to kiss your baby. I am not trying to go to bed theologically back there, okay? Send that to Pastor Eddie. Send that to Pastor Mike. But um, I do not want to raise up a church that always needs the answer. Because what I've seen over the years just in my, and I'm just speaking for myself, in my time, is I've seen people who've always needed answers, and you know what it turns into? Anger with God. This is just what I've observed, okay? Just me personally. And I've seen whole sections just shaking their fist at God. And you know what? I'm not down for that mess. Like, you always have that friend that's like, I'm just so mad at God. Listen, I don't roll like that. I'm so aware of how gracious he's been to me. I'm so aware of what I deserved. I'm so aware of his goodness on the cross to die for me. I ain't mad. He is not my lover. We're not in a love-hate relationship. He is the lordship over my life. I fear him. I honor him. And I am not shaking my fist at him. That's just me. I want to raise up a church that's grateful. And you can ask questions. You can go to therapy. You can wrestle with the scripture. But let that lead you into the presence of God. So to know what I'm talking about, we have to learn about pottery for just a quick second. Now, I'm not an expert. I just watched some, uh, you know, videos. I did some research. 
But pottery, what, what happens is it's like a hard clay. You wet it. It's able to be molded, okay? And then what happens is after it's molded how the potter wants it, they put it on a shelf or somewhere to dry out. There cannot be any moisture in there. And some of you have said, I'm just in a dry season. I'm so dry. I haven't experienced the fire of God in a while. I want to tell you, do not get discouraged in dry seasons. Because after that pottery sits on the shelf and it's completely devoid of any water or any moisture, it goes into the fire. If that pottery has any moisture trapped, if it goes into the fire too premature, it explodes. Then they have to wet the clay and restart the process all over again. But if you allow yourself to be patient in a dry season and trust that just because you don't feel the goosebumps that God isn't moving, I'm telling you, he's moving. Allow that season to be useful. So here's the thing, after it's dried out, then it goes into the fire and man, they kick that baby up. Thousands of degrees. They turn up the heat and it sits in there for out. I mean, like I was watching this one. Sometimes it's like a whole day or, you know, a couple days or hours or it's longer than like 12 hours, I think. And it just sits in that fire and it just stays in that. And then the workman comes over and for some pottery, it, 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 it hits it with a tool. That was right on cue, man. I love that. You went right there in my sermon. Hits it with a tool and there's a reverberation. They call it singing. And when it hits the right sound, as the potter knows what that sounds like, it gets pulled out of the fire and then it's ready for adornment. In a life submitted to God, the fire does not serve as a destroyer, but a fortifier. So you might be looking at it through the eyes of a crisis. You might be looking at it through the eyes of loss or a dry season. But Jesus is saying, hold on, I'm about to make you sing. Stay in it. Stay faithful. Do not come out of this season prematurely. Will you stand with me? But Jules, I've made mistakes. I don't know what to do. I, I went in, the, I went in the, the, the ministry too early. I went into the situation too early. That's okay. Allow the potter to soak you in the presence. Allow him to rework and reshape you because he's able to mold it again. Then you're gonna go through the same process over. But this time, when you get into the fire, you are gonna start praising him. You're gonna start singing again. You're gonna start worshiping again. Again. And you're not going to want to uh, prematurely get out of the process because you know that God is doing something great in the crisis. Can I get an amen? So what's praise? What's praise? Here's the, how the Bible defines praise. Ben, I'm going to need you to go with me because we're about to speak Hebrew. And Pentecostals love Hebrew. You know what I mean? Here's some of the ways to pray. Are you ready, church? Tauda, 
is a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you gotta give something when it hurts. Sometimes you gotta worship when it hurts. You have yada, hands raised. Can I see a yada praise in the room? Sometimes you just have to throw up your hands and say, I'm not worried about it anymore. I'm not trying to control it anymore. I'm just gonna throw up my hands, Lord. Barack, a quiet voice. Some of you men, this is how you worship. And you know what? I'm not gonna discourage you because I've seen God move on quiet men very, very powerfully. And so that's a way that the Lord can do praise through you. Halal, it means that my soul rejoices. Yet, though he slay me, I will rejoice and praise him. There's a soul level of rejoicing. Zamar means an instrument song. Can I get a praise on an instrument? Talal means to sing. You're worthy of it all. Even though I'm sick, you're worthy of it all. Even though my marriage is broken, you're worthy of it all. Even though I've never had children and I'm struggling with infertility, you're worthy of it all. Oh, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. You gotta get a sing in you. And then Shabak, this is the best one. Shabak is shouts, loud shouts of joy. Oh, he's already gonna do it. He's coming through. He's coming in on your behalf. Come on, fill up this space right now. Indiana, I want you to come to the front. I want you to throw up your hands and begin to just get a Shabbat praise in you. Hallelujah. Get a Talal praise in you. Come on, give a town of praise. Give him a sacrifice when it's hurting. Oh, he's worthy, he's worthy. Oh, he's been worthy, he's been worthy. Come on, lift your hands, church. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Band, you could just stay up with me. Gratitude will keep you on the will. Thankfulness will keep you on the will. Faithfulness will keep you on the wheel. But praise will help you withstand the fire. Some of y'all are in the fire. You're in a, a season of burning. You're in a season of transforming. And I want to tell you that Jesus is warring for you on your behalf. You start praising and let him fight your battle. Come on, lift your hands. Let him fight. We're going to praise him.